Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I am coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of China, where I've been traveling for the last couple of days with a, a friend of mine by the name of Miles Weiss. Miles, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, you and I traveled uh, to a place I've never been. I've been to Shanghai many, many times. Usually I'm here several times a year, at least once a month. And I've never been to the Jewish Museum. I didn't even know that existed here. Uh, this is my first time going there. I went there together with you. Yes. Could you share just a little bit about your background, why that's important that we went together together to the Jewish Museum? And then I just want to talk about how um, uh, we experienced our time together there at the at the museum. I would be glad to. Eugene, it's an honor for me to be with you and to be with the Back to Jerusalem community. Hello to everyone. I am a Jewish follower of Jesus, which means that I am in the lineage of the disciples in the sense that all the first believers were Jewish. And my ministry involves being connecting the church around the world to the fundamental roots of our faith as Christians being Jewish in, at our root. And by doing that, we, we minister a lot in Israel, come back and forth to Israel and around the world. It was amazing to me to be with Eugene and the team in the Jewish Museum in Shanghai and to find out once again that there have been righteous Gentiles, Christians, and even secular people around the world that have helped the Jewish people. And this museum speaks about the time during the Holocaust, during the troubles in Europe, before Israel was created as a state, when people of Chinese descent, people in Shanghai, actually welcomed and created a community where the Jewish people could thrive and prosper. And as Genesis 12 tells us, when the Jewish people are blessed, that the city, the area will be blessed as well. And come to find out that Shanghai has been the New York City, become the New York City or the capital of business and prosperity here, and I'm not surprised given that they received my people during one of the times of persecution. And it wasn't just a small number. 20,000 Jews. Now, I know that they put up a number of 14,000, but there are experts that say that as many as 20,000 Jews came to Shanghai during that time when the Jews were being persecuted in World War II, there were only two places that we saw that were openly receiving Jews at that time. It wasn't America. It wasn't Canada. It wasn't one of the countries that you would think would be the beacon of freedom for those that are seeking refuge. It was Shanghai, which I would have never guessed. I've been here for 17, 18 years, and I would have never guessed Shanghai being one of the major cities. So 20,000 Jews coming to Shanghai, living here as refugees. Yes. And to, you know, to our shame, I was born in America. To our shame, 
uh, we are known as the country that, along with Cuba and Canada, rejected a ship full of Jewish refugees from Nazi Germany and sent them back to Europe to their death. Uh, that's been a blight on our history. There's been an apology made to the Jewish people by our Congress. Our friend Rosemary Schindler, the grandniece of Oscar Schindler, was very instrumental in bringing that apology to the Jewish people from the U United States Congress. So it always does my heart good to see that there are these pockets. You never know where you're going to find people who are of the lineage of Dietrich Bonhoeffer or Cory Ten Boom or Oscar Schindler. But to find them in China was just a, it made my heart sore. We happen to be here amazingly during a time when the Israel and China are celebrating a connection with each other. <laughs> yeah, we are actually, if you've ever seen a picture, if you go into your computer and you Google Shanghai or you're ever looking at a postcard from Shanghai, what you will see as the most iconic structure in all of Shanghai is this big needle. We're actually doing our podcast live on delay from that big needle where we're watching uh, boats go up and down the river. We're looking across the river into the Bund. The Bund itself, a place that I've been to many times, I did not know that word probably, most likely, comes from Jewish immigrants that spoke Persian, the Persian language, and Bund in, in the Persian language refers to a landing. And so this would be a landing for a strip of places that would have been the representation governments for England, America, Germany, France, that would have been lined up here in the Bund. And we are in this needle. I, we did not plan this. But Miles came to China sharing about the Jewish background of the Christian faith for the Back to Jerusalem missionaries. It was an underground meeting. We met together in a hotel uh, in a place where uh, the, we had to be very, very careful about the training that was taking place for the safety of the Chinese. We had to make sure that that um, we, we weren't doing anything to risk their safety because right now we are in a time of persecution. But we had no clue that they were doing a China-Israel connection celebrating a week of the... Uh, was it a week? I think it's about a week. So one week of a, of a connection between these two countries. So we are knee-deep in the crowds that have come out to Shanghai during this celebration week of the friendship between Israel and China. And how appropriate for Back to Jerusalem, a vision of the Chinese underground house church. We're standing here. You're, you're, you're going to hear the crowds in the background, but it is a celebratory feeling. We sat down. We had a buffet this afternoon. Every table had Chinese Israel flags. We walk into the restaurant itself. This big old, you know, obscene looking flag hanging from the reception. Uh, we walk up to the buffet and there's foods that represent the nation of Israel. Um, this could not be a better week for you to come and share about the, the Jewish background of our faith with the Back to Jerusalem Chinese. Well, Again, it's, it's my honor. I think that uh, the steps of the people of God are ordered by the Lord, and this has been an amazing 
the example of that that we've been trying to get over here for a couple of years and different reasons couldn't get it together and so finally here we are with the message of the shared destiny of Israel and the church the shared destiny of the Jewish people and Christian people the shared destiny of calling on the Lord together and the essential role that China plays as bringing living water from the from the east through the 1040 window to Israel with the promise of salvation to our Muslim friends and to my Jewish family and the pivotal role that China is going to play as the future unfolds and as we look towards the return of the Lord and to be here when the entire city seems to be celebrating Israel and China together you couldn't make it up it is a is a thrilling and exciting time to be here and uh, we're just blessed and we actually how many times did we we canceled at least once canceled once for political reasons we had to cancel once because of political pressure on you canceled once because my knee had to be replaced and we just couldn't uh, seem to get it together and here we are exactly on the week when we're celebrating the future unity the growing unity between China and Israel and we almost canceled during this time (laughs) because and one of the reasons we almost canceled for those of you that have been following us on Back to Jerusalem is that these new laws that have been brought in to persecute the Christians have made a lot of our partners go underground so before Miles took his trip all the way here to China, I wanted you to be aware of what the situation was to make sure that you felt that it was worth your time. And after that, um, we had a decision, okay, yeah, sure, it'll be great for you to come, but it may not be the most productive. And it turns out that the timing, at least in my opinion, could not be more perfect. I, I completely agree. I think that uh, it's an example of how, uh, you know, Jewish people say man plans and God laughs. You know, we we have uh, the way that we think it should go and our hopes about the way things should be. But you can really see by our being here together this week and the precious, precious missionary friends that we got to meet with and the leaders that we're meeting, their commitment to the Lord, their commitment to the gospel going to the unreached places in the earth. And then, of course, bringing it home to my people in Israel. It's been overwhelming for my wife and myself. We've been so blessed to be here. And so I I just want to encourage everyone out there to stand with Back to Jerusalem, to be part of what is going on here, to get involved, to support, to pray for, to realize that this is a cutting-edge ministry that is bringing the destiny of the body of Christ into fruition in our time. One of the things that is interesting for me about this month is that we are spending 30 days praying for the nation of Tibet, for the Tibetan people. And in that first 10 days, we carve out a section where we introduce people to the real Tibetan Buddhism. And when you and I were walking through, we had this um, th- this very kind young lady who's given us an introduction to why so many Jews came. She's given us a background and a history lesson of everything uh, about this Jewish museum. And there was this guy, I, I believe, my-, my guessing is he's like Kiwi or Aussie. Uh, he starts to talk about, well... The Jewish people were able to find sanction in China because of their Buddhist religion. Their Buddhist background doesn't, it doesn't, it believes in peace and, and love. And I was like, no, actually, Chiang Kai-shek was a Christian. Uh, he was the one that was approving those visas that were coming through. And Shanghai was not being run by China proper anyway. But what it did for me is it highlighted something. 
and that is the world doesn't understand when God's people are being persecuted, and they don't understand when deliverance comes where that deliverance actually comes from. You know, it's salient. It's very, very, very important to see that in that man, and we were watching and listening to his, uh, just the knee-jerk, uh, very superficial understanding of what religions that are not related to Jesus Christ, what they actually bring forth. In America, we really have this problem where we we cannot see Islam for what it is. We will not see Buddhism for what it is. We don't see the difference between the one way, the truth and the life, and all the other isms in the world and what they actually produce. And so we have these fantasies about how peaceful, kind, and gentle they are, and it's actually not the truth. And I, it was funny to see that we, we both had to restrain ourselves because you had to keep yourself from telling him the truth about Buddhism and I had to keep myself from demanding that he understand what reality that Zionism is not a political movement. Zionism is a spiritual movement that is preparing the way of the Lord. It's preparing planet Earth for the soon return of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, 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 I really... I, I felt like he seemed like an intelligent guy. Yes. He seemed like an educated guy. I mean, yes. he's in Shanghai. Yes. He chose to go to this location by himself. Yes. Uh, so he's a fellow tourist like us. And so he was just walking through. Um, and um, and we were kind of like piranhas trying to keep from eating the flesh of this, of this, of this guy. Not because he was a bad guy. I mean, he was a great guy. But the, the, the way that people have been exposed to evil is almost as if they have seen evil with their own eyes but not been able to understand what it is that they actually see. Because my question would be to him, what makes Shanghai so much different than the rest of China? Because Shanghai is completely different from the rest of China. It is the least, if, if China was Buddhist and it's not, if it was, it would be the least Buddhist of all the different countries. And when refugees are leaving today from Iraq and Syria and, and, and Sudan and Somalia, they're not going to Nepal. They're not going to Tibet. They're, they're, they're not going to, to uh, any Buddhist nation looking for refuge status. So if it was Buddhism that did provide that kind of cover, let's just say for the sake of argument that that's one of the options. Why is it that it didn't ever take place ever before? It hasn't taken place at any time after, but only here during that time. It just didn't make sense. So even for a rational guy, for an educated guy like him, he should have been able to, through the process of elimination, <laughs> uh, without even having an idea of a background of, of, of Shanghai, to know that it wasn't Buddhists that paved the way for God's people to find refuge in Shanghai. But his also, also, it seemed that his understanding of Judaism was was off. I mean, you heard some of his comments. You had to restrain yourself. Uh, I, I'm in. I'm right now. We're in the middle of this 30 days of prayer for the Tibetan people. So my mind went there right away. But you, your entire ministry has been carrying the torch, the flame of the true identity of Christian believers, our background, where it is that we come from, what the the vine that we've been grafted into, and. She sharing that and educating the church when he starts to speak about Judaism just a little bit I could see that you know you were biting at the bit had to turn around kind of walk away look at other uh, uh, um, 
things read other parts of, of the displays in the museum itself? Yeah, well, there, were, there was a thinly veiled anti-Semitism that was coming through him in his misunderstanding of Judaism, in his uh, rote or knee-jerk view of the judgmental God and the, the punishing God, and his not, lack of understanding of the entire scope of history and how the Bible and Judeo-Christian values have changed the world for the better wherever it has gone. It's not without Mar, it's not without, it's not perfect in the way that we've done it. But the fact is that wherever there's prosperity in the world is been a touch of Judeo-Christian ethics from Mount Sinai and certainly the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I could feel him uh, trying to explain things through this carnal mind and a carnal way of looking at life that was really informed by uh, opinions of others and sort of a, a, um, a one world view of why can't we all get along and trying to be a uh, sort of a, just a palliative, a, just a very saccharine, a very superficial and overly sweet but not reality based understanding of the struggles of life on planet earth and the fact that God came and the desire is that none should perish but all come to everlasting life and everywhere that that message goes prosperity follows, goodness follows. And ironically, he was a Westerner. Yep. No doubt he was a Westerner. Might which means San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he is a direct recipient of the blessings of the Christian Judaic faith being implemented in his society. Yes. One that recognizes justice and righteousness. Exactly yeah. So. yeah. Thank you so much, Miles, for being with us and, uh, and joining us for this, this podcast. And again, I'm Eugene Bach. Your host for this time, coming to you again, live one delay from somewhere within the borders of Shanghai. Thank you. God bless.